I do. So, uh, so this could go really good or this could go really bad for you this morning. But this morning, here's what I want to talk about. We're going to talk about the lion's roar. The lion's roar this morning. And, and here's what I know. Whenever we talk about lions, whenever we talk about anything that it generally has to do with, with a lion, our most minds default to a certain story in the Bible. Right? It's Old Testament. I don't have to tell you what it is because most of you, you're already thinking it right now. It's a story that, unfortunately, doesn't make it, or it's a story that, that makes it to the walls of, of, of many nurseries. And, and even if, if you go into a lot of VBS and, and, and you go into a lot of children's areas, it's a story that, is, that, that they, they paint big murals to on the wall. The story, however, is not the moment that David had a lion come upon him and he took his staff and he went and rescued the lamb that was taken. So we don't, we don't put that on nurseries, do we? Personally, I think that would be pretty awesome, right, to have David just bashing this lion in the face on your nursery wall. Your kids need to learn that stuff. Yeah. But that, that don't make the nurseries, does it? That, you don't walk into the children's areas and see David, like, you know, beating this. You don't see Samson, that whenever the lion came upon him, right, when he, he grabbed it by the, the top of the mouth and the bottom of the mouth, and the Bible says that he tore it apart like you would a young goat. So we don't we never put that stuff. Why does that never make it into the children's books? Why does that never make it, like, onto our nurseries or onto our, you know, the little thing that, that, that's, that swings above that the baby looks at all the time? Would that not be awesome? To have that image. But that don't happen. For so, I don't know why. Because I don't create these things. You know, what we don't paint on our nursery walls is the, the, the little story of one of David's mighty men whenever he went into a, a snowy pit on a snowy day and he went into the pit to, to fight a lion and, and he won and he walks out and he's covered in the lion's blood and now, this is what the Bible says, but I like to think that maybe he, he brought the lion's head with him just because he went into a pit and killed it. I mean, I'm taking a trophy home if I'm doing that. I'm taking something to show everybody. Man, look what I did. But we don't, we don't, we don't ever paint that picture, do we, on the wall of, of this man standing in this snowy cave with, with blood all over him and he's got his sword in his hand and, and, you know, that's a sign of victory. But sadly, I don't want to say sadly, let me just say boringly, it's always Daniel, isn't it? It's always the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And, and it's always this, this really, really nice picture of, of Daniel and his, his hanging out with the lions. And, and I don't know about you, but I have a, there's a few things that really freak me out. And the precious moments stuff. It's something about those big eyes on that stuff, man. It weirds me out. But it's always Daniel, and, you know, he's got the precious moment eyes, and, and all the lions have the precious moment eyes, and, and there they all are. They're just hanging out, and they love each other, and it's all great, and it's all good. And that's okay for kids to, I guess, to, to see that. It's positive reinforcement. Maybe I'm the only one that, that you know, would like to put something really cool. If we ever have another child, I'm designing the nursery. Feel free to take notes. Anybody here that's got one on the way? Do your nursery, just give me some credit for it. It will be amazing. What we're going to look at is we're going to look at Daniel in the lion's den this morning. 
We're just going to spend a little time there because we all know the story. We all kind of, of get that, that Daniel was there and, and, and everybody was getting along and there was really nothing major happening in the lion's den. So let's look because you, you know where Daniel was. You, 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 you kind of know why Daniel got put there and you know what happened at the end. So let me just one verse this morning. And this is going to be Daniel chapter 6, verse 9. Let me just kind of take us right to the point that the trouble started, if I can do that. Daniel chapter 6, verse 9, the Bible says this. The Bible says, therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. It's that simple. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. That was the point in Daniel's life that everything changed. That was the point that, and it was something very small, something very insignificant in act. All it took was one man's signature on one piece of parchment. And Daniel's whole world changed. From that point on, I truly believe, and I, I believe with my whole heart, that Daniel knew from that point on what was going to happen. He knew from that point on, he started playing out scenarios in his head and he knew what was going to he knew what, what was about to happen he knew what he was going to have to do he knew first and foremost that he was going to honor God no matter what if you'll remember in the story Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day and because of the jealousy of the other people a decree was signed to say if you pray you pray to this idol God if you pray you pray to the king and Daniel knew from that moment, the moment that the, the last pin strike hit that parchment, he knew he was going to honor God no matter what. He knew he was going to pay the price because he refused to hide who he was. And let me tell you, I mean, I'm hoping that that's us this morning. I'm hoping that as we move forward in the vision that our pastor has for this church to be the hands and the feet and the image of God in this community, let me tell you, let me just, let me just be honest and real, and I'm not trying to cast doubt or I'm not trying to, 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 to make people think negative thoughts about anything, but can I just be real that in the day and time that we live in, there's going to be times that we seek to honor God. And there's going to be times that people do not agree with that. And we're going to have to make a conscious choice whether or not to hide who we are or be the church God called us to be. Amen? And see, that's what Daniel did. He made a choice. At that point, as soon as the, 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 the parchment was signed, I believe in my whole heart that Daniel said, that doesn't change who I am. And I'm not going to go. And, and, and about, that when he prayed and he got caught, he was praying with his windows open. He didn't lock himself in the room and, and hide and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this here. And when everybody's looking, because I don't want to cause any. It's not what he did. He said, this is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be. And who I am and what is within me is stronger than anything else in this world. And I don't have to hide that. He made a decision. He was not going to hide. He refused to hide. Here's what we know about Daniel. Daniel constantly heard the roar of the lions. If at that point he was taken to the king, I like to think that geographically... They probably didn't travel a long ways to throw him into that pit. 
geographically, he probably lived, he was near the palace. Most of the time in the Colosseums, in the palace, the, the lions was, was stored in the basements or in the dungeons. In the Colosseums, they were, were kept in pens that, that surrounded the Colosseum doors so whenever they would open, the hungry lions could run out and devour whatever was in the, whatever was in the Colosseum. So I believe, I, I truly believe that, that Daniel constantly heard the roar of these lions. He constantly heard the, the roar of the lions that, that he would soon be fed to. I, I, I believe in, in one, of my, one of my goals in life. I don't have a very long bucket list. I guess I'm just a boring guy. But one of my bucket lists, probably one of my largest, is, man, I would love nothing better than to go to Rome and, and step out into that Colosseum, into the Roman Colosseum, and, and just be in that atmosphere where were so many brave uh, Christians and so many brave men and women gave their lives for, for the gospel and gave their life for their belief in the knowledge and in the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I, I believe with my whole heart that, that Daniel heard the roars of the lions. I, I would dare to say that maybe he was even in his room or in his house. The windows were open. Maybe when he was praying and somebody else messed up. And see the lions, they, they make a specific sound whenever they're feasting on something. And I would like to think that maybe Daniel was, was, was laying in his, was praying and, and in, his, in his ear he, he heard that Somebody be dropped into that lion's den. Maybe he heard the roars of, of those hungry lions. Just like in the Roman Colosseum, whenever people are being, Christians are being ushered out into to that, that, that big opening and they hear the lions roaring. And they know what's about to happen. I believe that. And I believe that in that moment, in the moments that Daniel heard the roar of the lions, Knowing what could happen, he still made a choice to honor his God. Knowing what could happen, he still made a choice to not hide who he was, to not hide what God had, had, had commanded him to do, but to simply be what God had called him to be in the moment that he was in. He knew what the sound of the lion represented. So here's what we're going to do. We have a video, and they're going to turn it up loud, so you can get upset with me because it's going to be. You can plug yours if you want to, but uh, let's let's crank that up and listen. imagine that you're camping. <laughs> it's exactly right. Now that was not a roar. That was not an attack roar because I couldn't find one that didn't sound like the MGM, you know, Paramount opening thing. But just imagine for a moment. That was actually, you know, not very aggressive. But if I'm camping and it's dark, if it's daylight and I hear that, I'm a big old boy, right? But here's what I know. I only have to outrun one person to make it. 
And I think I can outrun one person. I like to think. I get a little Holy Ghost on me getting out. I, I could outrun one. But could you imagine just for a moment? I mean, could you imagine being camping somewhere? Not, let alone seeing that thing step out from behind some bushes. But hearing that noise, especially at night when everything sounds a whole lot worse, right? Everything always sounds worse at night. You can make a note of that and, and we'll save that for another time. But when it's dark, everything's a whole lot more scary. And you hear that roar and I'm saying, you know what, I'm, I'm gone, I'm out. I'm finished. See ya. You can have the tent. You can have everything else. I'm gone. Baby, you better hurry up and get in the car. <laughs> it's a scary thing. It would be, and, and just, just to imagine living around that noise. And in your time of prayer, hearing that. And knowing what that meant for somebody. Knowing that now this has been signed. My time's coming. It's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it because I refuse to do this. I refuse to hide. My time's coming. So here's what the lion's roar represents. Here's why lion's roar. This is compliments. This is just a, a few, about three, uh, of why lions roar in the wild. This is comments of National Geographic. Uh, lions roar to locate members of their pride. They, they, they roar when they get separated or they roar to, to check on each other even whenever uh, they're all in, in the big group. They will roar, they will make noise, they will do that just to make sure that everybody else is roaring back and, and everybody is good, much like we conversate and talk. They roar out of anger whenever they're agitating, whenever they're frustrated, whenever they're ready to attack, whenever something is, is in what they have deemed their area they will roar and lastly and there's many more a lot of times and a lot of people don't realize this I didn't realize this lions roar because they're scared sometimes and you're thinking man they're like the king of the jungle that's what the lion king says right everywhere the light touches is <laughs> blew my mind to think that something that big can be scared, but, but lions get scared, they get intimidated, and they roar. They make themselves large, and they make themselves scary. And, you know, they, they, they spit a lot, apparently. This is what they did in the video. But they get scared, and they get intimidated, and they roar. So here, let's, now that we know kind of why, and we know the situation, we're going to jump right back in real quick to Daniel 19. Let me kind of finish the, the, the back end of this story here. This is Adrian's in the lion's den, uh, starting in verse 19. It won't be on the board, so if you didn't have your Bible open before, you just missed it. Here we go. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went to haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a laminating voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? I want you guys to catch this. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth, so they have not hurt me. 
Now I want you guys to catch this real quick. Because Daniel was thrown into the pit of lions. Right? David had to fight a lion. Goliath had to slay a lion that was attacking him with his bare hands. God does not always remove the lions from our lives. Now, let me tell you something. They could have rolled that, that, that stone back. They could have dropped Daniel in. And though it would have been extremely strange. And it would have been a great testament of God's power. They could have dropped him in there. And every one of those lions could have just disappeared just like that. The king could have came back. And every one of those lions could have been gone. Yeah? I mean, I believe my God's big enough to do that. That lion could have grabbed David's sheep and took off with it. And in that moment, David could have said, no, stop. And that lion just, boom, disappeared. God does not always remove the lions from our life. And I want you guys to hear me because I, I did all the introduction I can do. But here's what he does. He don't take them away all the time, but he gives us a way to deal with them. You know, the Bible says that David, he went and he got that. It didn't say that David by himself. He said the Spirit of God moved upon David, and he went and he slayed that lion and brought that sheep back to the fold. When the, when, the, when the lion ran out on Samson, it doesn't say that Samson grabbed the lion out of his own strength. He said the Spirit of God moved upon Samson. And he grabbed the lion by his face and slain him and ripped him apart like he was nothing, like he was a little baby lamb. The process that God used in Daniel, absolutely he could have took the, 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 he have took the thread away. He could have removed him, but he didn't. You know what he did? He sent his presence in the form of an angel and shut the lion's mouth. He didn't say, you know what, Daniel? You're not going to have to deal with the lions. He says, you know what, Daniel? Won't you let me help you deal with them? He said, you're not by yourself, Daniel. When he shows up and, a, and an angel shows up with you, that's the point you know I'm going to be okay. See, God didn't remove them. He didn't take them away. He didn't, he, he didn't make them disappear. David still had to fight. Samson still had to fight. All Daniel had to do was just remain in the presence of God. So here we are. It's our moment of truth right here. What lions are roaring in our lives right now? So let me show you what a lion represents. Obviously, a lion represents something much larger than we are. We've already established that lions are very scary and their roar is very intimidating. We always, we've already established that they attack small things. They attack unarmed things. They, sometimes they even attack innocent things. So right now, just, just use your mind's eye just for a moment. What's roaring in your life? What lions are roaring in your life? What lions, whenever you're asleep at night, do you hear that roar that runs fear through your body? What's that roar that whenever you hear it come from somebody or something that you can do nothing but, but, but freeze out of worry and out of doubt? What's that sound like? 
You know what, I, I, I know what mine sounds like. And until the, God opened my eyes up to this right here, and this, this is something that I've already preached to myself many times. I know what those words, I, I know what those roars are like that I can't ignore. That make me worry about stuff that I shouldn't even worry about. What's those roars sound like in your life? What's those roars like? When do they happen? Most of the time they happen whenever it's really quiet. And when you're in a time that it seems dark because everything is a lot worse when it's dark outside. What's those roars like? What do they sound like? Am I the only one that, that hears lions roar at me? Am I the only one that, that hears roars of dirt and, and, or of, of worry and, and fear? And stress. Now here's my question for you. Are the roars you're hearing really coming from lions? Is it really a lion's roar that you're hearing? Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and, 8 and 9, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your, your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeing seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say devour. devour. Whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in faith. Knowing the same suffering is experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Be sober, vigilant, because the adversary is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Listen. The adversary walks around and he wants to devour you. And that roars that you hear, let me tell you, absolutely. That roar that you hear that, 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 that makes you scared, that's the enemy. And he is seeking to devour you. When you get a bad report, listen, I, I, can, I can trace some of the, the, the hardest times in my life back to terrible reports. Back to those moments that something was signed and a dot was put on it. And it said, here's going to be, here's exactly what's going to happen. One of my first and one of my worst. First time I ever had to deal with anything major was when... My mother went to a, a free clinic because she, was a, she, she worked at a nursing home. And she took all of her, she was the activities director. So she took all of her, they had this like, it's called uh, RAM. I don't know if they do it here, but it's like the, this free health festival. Where you get free x-rays and all this other stuff. And, and she, took her, she took the people from her nursing home as part of their activities to that. And they, you know, they were doing all the free stuff and the free scans. And, and mom... Being my awesome mom, deciding she was going to participate with the, and, and she, she got an x-ray, and then she got a phone call, said, Lisa, man, we need to see you, like, today. And from that point on, that she was given a piece of paper, it was signed, and it had her diagnosis, and they put a dot on it. Man, one of the, one of the hardest and one of the scariest things in my life. See, I've been there. I know what that roar sounds like, and that roar, that, that, that roar of fear, and that roar of worry... That's the enemy. And he's seeking to devour us. He's seeking to devour you. He's seeking to destroy you. I can, I, I can trace it back to, to, to certain times of, of, of hurt that, that somebody else's decree changed my whole life. Are you there? 
Do you hear that? Do you, have you gotten that report? Have you, have, have you had to deal with that, that certain person that they're choosing, you're allowing them because of their roar to choose what you do and to choose who you are? That's the enemy. And he is seeking to devour us. Now, this was going to be my opening verse, but in the great words of Pastor Weaver, I couldn't go too short today because then you guys would think that I didn't prepare enough. <laughs> and I can't go too long because then you'll think I'm just making stuff up. So let me just try to go just right. And I want you to draw your attention to the screen because this is what, this is what I, I've read this verse a thousand times and I did not get this to the Lord. Open my eyes to it. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's a deceiver and he's a tricker and he swells up and he acts like he's a lion, but he's not a lion. No, he's not a lion. He sounds like one. That report you got, that's not the roar of a lion. That's the roar of somebody acting like they're a lion. Yeah? That person that, that, that keeps bringing you down and keeps hurting you, they're not a lion. Their roar, it sounds like one, but that's not what they are. They're pretending like they are. Because most of the time, that's all we know, right? We hear the roar, we get scared, we get worried, we panic. Let me tell you, our adversary, the devil, walks around, absolutely he does, like a roaring lion. I've read the Bible, I've looked through it, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find a spot that our holy Bible tells us the devil is a roaring lion. Absolutely not. He walks around like a roaring lion. What your family's going through, that roar that, that they'll never come back, listen, that's not, that's not a lion, that's a serpent. Pretending like it's a lion. That's a deceiver. Pretending like it's a lion. Here's what the Bible says. Let me, let me, let me show you a lion real fast. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says this. But one of the elders said to him, Do not weep, behold, a lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Let me tell you about a lion. Let me tell you about a real lion. It's called the Lion of Judah. It starts with a lamb who was slain. Tony, if you want to come on up. It, it talks of a lamb who was slain. Who was slain. A lamb who gave his life to become a lion for you. A lion, I want you to get this. A lion that roars, absolutely lions roar. You know why the lion of Judah roars? First of all, he roars to locate his members. He roars to find his children. The enemy, he roars to deceive you. But there's one true lion. There's one real lion that is not a, a fake, is not a phony. His roar conquers fear. His roar conquers death. His roar conquers sickness. His roar conquers doubt. His roar conquers worry. His roar is stronger and greater than anything we will ever hear or ever experience. And here's why he roars. He roars to find you. He roars to locate his members. 
He roars out. And your return roar is your prayer. Your return roar is your worship. Your return roar is your faith. See, when He calls to you in a roar of repentance and you come to Him, that's you calling back saying, I'm here. When He calls to you in a, in a, in a roar of to, to, to encourage you or to give you hope and you stand strong and say, you know what? No matter what happens, God, it's going to be okay. That's you roaring back saying, I'm here. He roars to find his family members. He roars to display dominance. I want you guys to get this. He roars so that everybody else around, every other animal around, every other creature around, every serpent that is slithering around your life, he roars so you know what a real roar sounds like. You know why he cures you know, you know cure sickness? So you can look at that and you can say, you know what, that's what it looks like. You know what, you can go and visit people. Well, even up to, to, the, even up to the end, my, my grandmother who prayed for me so great. Even up to the end of her life, she, she was happy and, and she was joyous in the Lord. Because she heard the real roar. And once you hear the real thing, it's hard, it's hard to be scared by something fake. Amen? Once you know what the real thing is, it's hard to be scared by something that's not real. That roar, he roars, like I said, he roars to heal the sick. He roars to overcome the enemy. He roars to speak the truth in your life. Here's what we're going to ask because you all stand. Let's all stand. And we're going to have a time of prayer and we're going to have a time of, uh, of, of truth and of honesty. We all hear roars in our life. Every one of us hear a roar. Right now, you may hear that roar of fear. You may hear that roar of doubt. You may hear that, that roar of a, of a bad report. That roar of somebody who no matter how hard you try, they're just not going to let you be who you are. You may hear that roar of being stuck in a terrible relationship. I don't know what your roar is. And if I knew you wouldn't feel sorry for me, I will just put all my roars out here on the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the pulpit for you. But I hear them. And you hear them. And when you hear them, you have to make a decision this morning. Is that something just pretending like it's strong? Is that something that's pretending like it's mighty? Is that something that's pretending like it's permanent? Or is that the real roar? Is that the roar of the, the lamb that was slain? Is that the roar of somebody who gave their life for us so that we may be free? See, the enemy's roar, it freezes you. The Lord's roar, it frees you. Amen? The enemy's roar stops you dead in your tracks. Our Lord's roar sends you to the nations. Sends you to the, to the area. Sends you to the world. So here's what we're going to ask of you this morning.
I want us to agree that the enemy is an impersonator. He's great at it. He's great at acting like he's something he's not. And if you're here this morning and there's no shame in this and you've bought in, you've heard the roar, you've been worried about the roar, you've let the roar scare you, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared. Listen, when they let Daniel in, I'm sure just in a moment, he thought, you know what? Just because he knows what's going to happen don't mean he's okay with it. Come on. Right? And I believe the moment that they, they, rode, that, they rode that back, he saw those lines and he heard that roar, I, I, I believe with my heart there was a brief moment that he said, well, it looks like this is the end. And it wasn't until his feet touched the floor of that cave, touched the floor of that den, it wasn't until right in that moment the angel showed up and said, you know what, Daniel, it's going to be okay. He was scared. So if you're here this morning, you've heard the roar. You hear the roar. You've thought about it. You know what it is. And you're scared. You're worried. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar. I'm going to ask you to spread across this altar because we're all going to pray. If you're here this morning and you're scared and you're worried, you're hurt. You don't know the answer. All you know is there's something that will not stop. Someone that will not stop. A thought that will not stop. Listen, that's a roar of the enemy. Telling you it's not going to be okay. Telling you you're not going to make it. 